Hi everyone, Dan Cassidy here. Welcome to the Washington Weekly Podcast on the UBS In The Now podcast channel. Our conversation today will bring you up to speed on a range of developments within the Beltway and beyond. Uh, Joining me for the conversation, glad to welcome back Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So Shane, welcome back. Thank you for joining us and looking forward to our conversation. Thanks, Dan. Always good to be with you, and I hope uh, you're doing well, and I hope uh, everyone enjoys a a Labor Day weekend coming up. Likewise, absolutely. So, Shane, I know there's a few topics, uh, pressing items we want to cover this week. Now, maybe for our first topic, we can follow up on Afghanistan. I know over the past several weeks now, we've been updating our listeners and our clients on these developments. Now, if we reflect back on Tuesday of this week, the U.S. military officially concluded their mission in Afghanistan. So, a lot of questions, though, in terms of what comes next in the way of evacuating citizens, personnel. I understand that uh, the number could be up into the low to mid hundreds who remain in Afghanistan, and really what kind of role the U.S. will play in the region going forward. Yeah, no, this is a great question, and obviously it's uh, top of mind and why you asked it first, because you, know, you turn on the news, and um, this is probably the first thing you're going to see. Uh, you're correct, so there are no longer U.S. forces in Afghanistan, um, yet we still probably have uh, um, a couple hundred uh, U.S. citizens in the country. I've uh, seen different estimates, you know, as low as 100, and as you said, you know, it could be several hundred in there. So the question is, you know, what happens to them and how do we get them out? I think the, the Biden administration is pushing uh, diplomatic means to let those Americans out without any issues, but I also think that administration is probably behind the scenes exploring other options, you know, whether it be the CIA or uh, special forces uh, to go in and get any Americans out. There are still um, U.S. allies uh, in Afghanistan. There are probably Afghanis who helped um, the U.S. over the past 20 years as interpreters, or maybe they're family members interpreters. So I think, you know, the the, the uh, Taliban is trying to say that they're going to um, let people out, but I think there's a lot of concern that um, the Taliban will shut down the borders and not allow safe passage. So this is something that uh, the Biden administration uh, look, hopes to address diplomatically. You know, uh, there are no diplomats, uh, U.S. diplomats left in Kabul, um, so I think the, the mission will be out of uh, Qatar uh, to try and establish diplomatic ties. Uh, I think there's a lot of concern of, you know, how this will actually play out and if the Taliban can be trusted. Um, but in the larger scheme, what's uh, in the future for Afghanistan, you know, it honestly looks bleak. You see the economy probably crashing, and there are signs of that already. Um, and internal battles, you know, the Taliban... While they control Afghanistan effectively, uh, you're seeing ISIS-K, um, you know, try to uh, battle uh, Taliban for control. So, you know, you, you may have some variation of a little civil war in Afghanistan in the coming years. Um, so this is going to be uh, um, something that, that you and I talk about all the time where we say this is one to follow, but um, this will be a hotbed of activity for years to come. 
Yeah, it's clearly a very uh, ominous, delicate situation. So we will indeed continue to track how this develops and the kind of role that the U.S. will play in the region and perhaps even the country going forward. Shane, maybe we can pivot a bit, come back stateside. I know we have been keeping our listeners, our clients up to speed on the budget resolution, uh, potential upcoming federal spending programs, which carry with them many tax implications. Maybe, Shane, can you remind us of what's on the horizon in the way of next steps and the tax changes that could likely materialize as a result? Right. The budget resolution sets out the process for our budget reconciliation bill, which would um, spend up to $3.5 trillion. Now, uh, I think um, that process has started already with uh, the budget resolution's package, you know, and that budget resolution kind of sets up a a timetable. Um, what it does is it gives authority to uh, 13 House committees and about a dozen Senate committees to do work in their respective jurisdictions and produce a product to their budget committees. Uh, the, bu- the deadline for that is to report back to the budget committee by September 15th, so just under two weeks. So the committees will start marking up their individual bills and pass them. In fact, um, two House committees uh, are scheduled to start today. The real action, as you're essentially alluding to, is in the House Ways and Means Committee um, because that has the most jurisdiction um, for taxes, Medicare, and a lot of other uh, social spending like wealth, any welfare reform. Um, and the House Ways and Means Committee hasn't uh, said exactly when it will uh, take up these issues, but we believe it will start a week from today. So, you know, by by this time next week, we should uh, kind of see a draft uh, bill from Democrats, including uh, tax changes, which will be worked through the committee process um, in, in the coming days after it's released. So I would expect about two weeks from now we know what's in the bill, um, and they'll go to the, the budget committee, which will package them together, and then uh, House passage as early as the week of the 27th. The, the Senate, and that's a very aggressive schedule, uh, so it could slip a little. The Senate is going to be moving in a, in a similar manner, although it may um, take a few days, uh, be a few days behind House action. Uh, all of this could end up with a uh, passage of a final bill sometime in October. Uh, it's going to be a very fast-paced few weeks with a lot of changes. You know, I think we're hearing a lot of back and forth right now between what progressives want and what uh, moderate Democrats want. You know, uh, for example, attacking something that we've talked about, there are still a lot of progressives pushing for attacking uh, to be taxed as ordinary income, where moderate Democrats are pushing back hard and saying, no, we want to uh, cap that at a 20% uh, tax rate for capping. So, you know, there are things that just uh, have not been decided. There is a, a gap not only between progressives and moderates, but also the House and Senate. And if there is a big gap between their two products, that will elongate the process because they, they have to come to a final consensus. So this is um, truly going to be fluid over the next few weeks. Um, I think at the end of the day, um, moderates will serve as um, um, uh, kind of a, a force uh, to restrict some of the policies, especially on taxes and spending that um, progressives are pursuing. 
Okay, so we're in a bit of a holding pattern at the moment, though it is important to level set, take inventory of where we are, and have a clearer understanding of what's on the horizon and the implications. So I'm sure in the coming weeks, we'll continue to keep our listeners, our clients informed on how this progresses, though. Thank you for the update today, Shane. Uh, Maybe one final topic we can touch on. Of course, we've been witnessing the tragic images in parts of the South, Louisiana, And even up here in the Northeast, tri-state area, Pennsylvania, in the wake of Hurricane Ida, what has the federal response consisted of, Shane? I know this is still uh, developing as we take inventory of the aftermath of this storm. Yeah, no, great question. And, you know, uh, I think there's going to be more to come. As of now, you know, you see President uh, Biden saying the federal government is going to do everything in its power to help uh, Louisiana and Mississippi and probably um, other states impacted. I mean, uh, some of the pictures and the video footage of uh, what's happening in New York is is, is uh, pretty scary, and, and hopefully it gets fixed soon. So I think to try and help uh, the impacted areas get aid that they need, you know, get uh, power back up and running, get um, supplies. You know, I think you're seeing in uh, Louisiana a situation where you know. People may not actually have food in the coming days. So there's going to be a big uh, federal effort in the coming days and weeks to um, try and, you know, get the situation back to normal. Uh, But as we've learned in in previous um, hurricanes and events like this, uh, sometimes it takes years for life to come back to normal. So uh, this won't be a a short-term effort, but probably uh, will take um, weeks, if not months. Yeah, these are never easy circumstances, though. It is encouraging to see that local, state, federal officials, agencies are coming together to help those in need at this tragic time. Though, Shane, thank you very much for dropping by, for updating us on a variety of timely topics on the minds of our listeners, our clients. Wish you a restful Labor Day weekend ahead, and we'll look forward to picking back up with the conversation again soon. Great, Dan. Thank you. It's good to be with you and have a restful and safe Labor Day weekend. Thank you, Shane. Appreciate it. And again, today we've been joined by Shane Lieberman, Federal Affairs Manager with the UBS U.S. Office of Public Policy in Washington, D.C. So as a reminder to our listeners and, of course, our clients, please be sure to reference the latest Washington Weekly publication, which can be located on UBS.com forward slash Washington Weekly. The Washington Weekly Podcast is part of the UBS In The Now Podcast channel, which is available where podcasts are found, including on iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn, Stitcher, and Pandora. Visit UBS.com forward slash studios to view the entire podcast offering, as well as the new UBS trending video series. From UBS Studios, I'm Dan Cassidy. Thank you for joining us. As a firm providing wealth management services to clients, UBS Financial Services, Inc. offers investment advisory services in its capacity as an SEC-registered investment advisor and brokerage services in its capacity as an SEC-registered broker-dealer. Investment advisory services and brokerage services are separate and distinct, differ in material ways, and are governed by different laws and separate arrangements. It is important that clients understand the ways in which we conduct business, that they carefully read the agreements and disclosures that we provide to them about the products or services we offer. For more information, please review the PDF document at UBS.com forward slash relationship summary. UBS Financial Services, Inc. is a subsidiary of UBS AG, member FINRA SIPC.